ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to the Agile Pubcast Christmas Special of 2018. It's in Bristol, and we've invited Nigel back with us for a pint to celebrate Christmas. And in this episode, we talk about all sorts of things. We exchange some presents because we did kind of a secret Santa thing this year. And we talk about a bit of a retrospective on what's happened over the last 12 months. Then we go to a different pub and we have a different chat about trust and about teamwork and about team space. So enjoy that one too. Just a reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast. And if you have subscribed, surely by now you've seen our very special Christmas video which is, of course, is highly embarrassing, but also a bit of fun, and hopefully it's raised a bit of money for charity. Head over to Jeff's YouTube channel to have a look at that. But besides that, it just remains for me to say Merry Christmas to all our listeners, and thank you for listening. We're going to carry on doing these next year, and we'll see or hear from you again, hopefully, in 2019. Have a very Merry Christmas. Play the jingle! Yes. You haven't been around for a while, so... Not for ages. Too busy. Too busy. Too busy. Where are we? We're in a board game cafe. I hope everyone can hear you. Called... What's Charts it called? and Counters. Charts and Counters? Yeah. Oh. In Bristol? No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Was it supposed to be? No. Supposed to be an Exeter. Yes. But the train screwed us up. Ouch. So we had to pivot very quickly I was 30 seconds from boarding the train before we changed so it was truly the last responsible moment yeah but we're here in Bristol because uh, yeah, we couldn't get anywhere else yeah <laughs> I always like to think of my hometown as the place you go when you can't get anywhere else <laughs> we genuinely didn't want to give Nigel an easy opportunity no wanted to make it as difficult for him as possible it was uh, it was too quite difficult, but um, yeah. So uh, we're a board game cafe. We've just been playing board games, really. We are. Yeah. So we've been playing. We played two board games, and how many well, boards were, were involved in those board games? Card games. No, they were card no games, weren't they? Yeah. 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 No but they were good fun. They were. Well, one of them I enjoyed more than the other. Which one did you enjoy most? The fun employment. Yeah, fun employment. Fun employed. Fun employed. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that one. That was quite good. Tell them about it, Jeff. Tell them, just give, give it a quick just a bit of overview. So, if you've never played it before, it's um, it's a game where you have you're given a number of you have, well, you have to apply for a job. So the job is picked out of a card deck at random, and you have to select some characteristics and then justify why your correct characteristics qualify you for that job. Mm-hmm. Now, bearing but in the mind- second variation was where you didn't get to see those characteristics. That was more, inter- that was that was was more, more fun. fun. Yeah. And bearing in mind the characteristics were not totally serious. And some of them were not safe for work. Yes, yeah, so they're not coming on this podcast. No. It was quite um, quick, but you could, we talked about me and I talked about well, you could do a a safer, more agile, agile version. version. Yeah, yeah. Which is, the, the terminology is more. Yeah, I thought agile it had a lot of potential actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was a really good idea. So watch this space. Fun yeah. employed. Scrum employed. Scrum employed. Yeah. Yes. So watch this space for that. And when we play cards against humanity, which if we mention yeah. at all on this thing, will be taken off YouTube. So yeah, suffice to say, you know that game. We played it. it I've never played it before. You never played it before. Played Jeff it. had never played and it. And I probably won't play it again. <laughs> Jeff won't play it again. I lost. I won. Obviously, <laughs> Nigel was darker than the rest of us. <laughs> so, um, Who would have guessed? <laughs> Christmas special. Yes. Christmas gifts. Oh yes, Christmas gifts. We have done you know, every year. Oh. We do Christmas presents for each other. 
Oh, we've got a comment. We've got the a comment. Ghost of Christmas Wait, past. Uh, I'm now going to read this. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> and Nigel, you're great. I missed that one. Ghost say. of Christmas past. Yes. No, let me tell you why. I do love coming on these podcasts, and I do when I can. It's just often I'm in a different country when they happen. Nigel, Nigel has a job. I have a job, yeah. Unlike, these, unlike these two, I have to work for a living. Um, but I think I missed... I, I'm, I just mentioned the song now. Yes. I'm exceptionally sad that I couldn't make the song. Uh, Band-Aid or Scrum-Aid. Uh, I would have just blown you away, it's fine. If but you thought me and Paul couldn't sing. <laughs> I can sing. You didn't nice. I can sing-ish. But um, alas, no, I couldn't make it. I was working in a different country, which was annoying. Um, but I see it went marvellously. There were almost 3,000 views. What? Over. 3,500. It's almost. views. It's almost viral. Almost viral. Almost viral. A bit like Paul. But if you look at the total... Look at this way, right? Look at the total people on Earth and how many watch YouTube videos. And look at the percentage of agile people and how many watch YouTube videos. I reckon you've got a percentage that's pretty similar to Justin Bieber or something like this. Maybe. Comparable. Yeah, um, I, so. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like I that. I'll buy that. Yeah, I'll buy that. I'll buy, I wouldn't buy your record, but I would buy that idea. Mm. So yeah, congratulations on that. Let me give a sarcastic round of applause. Well, it was in aid of one of the two, uh, two what do you call it, the, the ideas of Christmas. Yeah, one is charity, yeah. the other is presents. And fun, and fun. We did have fun. Mm. We did have fun. A lot of fun. By the way, Probably a little too much fun. Mm. If you've been listening to their song, or as I like to say, Suffering, uh, remember there's a duty of care you have to pay now for charity, something to charity, to show, I don't know, um, apologies for listening to the song. <laughs> Matt was Who did you, do, you donated, St Peter's Hospice, Good I donated. Good for you, Good so, for you well um, Choose your own charity. Um, Thank you, mate. Yeah, we don't embarrass ourselves just for the hell of it. Yeah, exactly. There's got to be some good involved. There was a greater good. It's a greater good. So, uh, yeah, so, so we decided very, very short notice, literally two days ago, that we would get each other some presents. Mm. And But when we say we decided, Jeff said, <laughs> hey, let's get presents. And Paul yeah. and I went, okay. Jeff's, <laughs> Jeff says it, let's do it. Yeah, that's, that's how it's worked for years. Um, so we've got some gifts. My gifts are amazing, by the way. Who wants to go first? I'm gonna. I'm quite good, so I don't. Wanna, if I go first, I, I, I think it. I'm probably the most boring, and, and okay. I'll go first then. Right, okay, so you do your presents first to us. Nice to last. So like, none nice of you are working then. Not today, Helen. Not today. We work very hard. Oh, Helen, this is very work. hard, Helen. This is work. And so Helen, Helen Meek, you um, you you chastised myself and Jeff this week for not working, and now look at us. This is this is serious. This is we've these, pod, these podcasts don't happen by accident. They don't make themselves. Exactly. They take a lot of conscious effort from Paul. So oh, I'm, opening, I'm opening a present that's not even for me. Uh, who's that for you? me, is it? Okay. That's for both of you. Oh, oh a shared gift. Oh, 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 shared gift. Oh, that's, that's for both of them. Yeah. And then there's one for me, which looks... Look at, look, look at the size of this, look. Oh, it's enormous. Dum, 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 dum. It's heavy. Let's do Jess first. Heavy. It doesn't sound or anything. I've got five people watching. Five whole people watching. It's <laughs> amazing. Five. Baker. Look at you. Look at you. flask. Yes. So Paul's basically playing up to the... Uh, so Jeff has a hip class for when the training gets a little bit hard. I do like, I do like, um, the, I've got to be careful now because Ted, the, the guy that runs Ted Baker is in a bit of trouble, isn't he? Is, yeah. So I can't really say I like Ted Baker. Yes, autotune. <laughs> Fingers crossed for autotune. I told them I could autotune their voices for that song and they didn't take me up on the offer. 
Well, it was already live by the time uh, you said it. Yeah. Um, so no, I do like Ted Baker's style. Yeah. I like the power, but not the sexual misconduct. If you don't want it, I'll have it. No, I do okay. want it. Okay. Okay. It's beautiful. So I'm now going to... Sorry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I am going to open my present now. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Let's have a look. Move that away so you get your excited. I've got a virtual blaster. <laughs> to go with your Darth Augmented reality virtual blaster. This will allow me to virtually blast um, things. You've got to use it with your phone. Oh, wow. With your phone. You can be Bluetooth it to your phone. Yeah. And you can basically use it as a shoot 'em up on your, through your phone. Oh, so it turns your real life world into a shoot 'em up? Yeah. Oh, how interesting. That's really rather good. And better than my yes, gift. Drinking your pint. Anyway. So, like, so basically, the story so far is Jeff likes alcohol, Nigel likes gaming. Yeah. That, that's, that's I'm like, I hit the mark. Pretty authentic. Merry Christmas. Maybe we can have to find something that would fit both of us. Yes. Oh, this is one of those. We'll do it together, one end each. Hold it in front of the camera. You got nails? Not really. <laughs> oh no! Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Show to Hold it up to the camera. Up to the camera. Right upside down. Upside down. Upside down. Is it? Right way up. This there is. Let me explain. Oh my this God. is Serbian rakia. So I did some work in Serbia earlier this year, and this is the Serbian version of, of kind of a, an everyday drink. It's basically brandy. Okay. And they would drink that alongside a pint. So it's like a chaser. Yeah. And, but, and obviously you bought this with us in mind. Of course. Months so ago. we can open it now and we can have one with me. No, not here. We won't do that. No, we won't we'll do that later. We'll break the license. We'll break the license. Yeah. But we're gonna have some of those later. That looks lovely. The flavours look like they are fallen, 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 fallen. <laughs> um, hashtag lethal. Yeah. Cherry. Oh Black currant, yeah, apricot, one of the apricot, apricot and flour, as far as we can tell. What's this one here? Can yeah. Yeah. But it's, um, I had it to drink over there, and it's any idea? It's an acquired taste, but yeah. I thought you could try it out today. Have you acquired it? I think, yeah. Right. Okay, so whose gift next then? I'll do my next. Okay, so mate. my gifts that need a mild explanation. Um, because I put a little bit of thought into them the best in a way. Um, so we're going to give it a go. Uh, now, this is for Paul. Paul gets the smaller gift. And this is for Jeff. The larger gift. So, Paul, can I go first? You go first, Paul, and then we'll explain why we gave you that. Very exciting. Very exciting. Red my face. It's a Transformer. It's a transformer, a robot in disguise. It is Optimus Prime, the Transformer. Optimus Prime. Siege, the Wars, the Wars of Cybertron trilogy. And I'll explain why I got it. So I thought, agile metaphor, transformation. <laughs> and Optimus Prime is a lead transformer, so he's the leader of transformation. And his motto is, uh, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. So the idea being, he is very noble and august and shows the right principles. And the other reason of getting it was Paul and I did a video years ago using Transformers as a joke for Transformers. No, I didn't. You and Kenneth did. Oh, sorry, not, not me. Paul, you filmed it. You were the, video, you were the, you were the cameraman. I was there. I wasn't there. I, I was interviewed by Kenneth in glorious potato vision of at least three pixels um, talking about Optimus Prime and Transformers. So I thought it'd be a lovely little gift for Paul there. So there we go. Thank you very much. Geeks. Wait till, wait till Jesse's here. <laughs> 
Jeff's got Stretch Armstrong. So let me explain this. Stretch Armstrong is an elastic toy or flexible toy, very malleable toy. What words could we use there? Flexible, malleable, um, adaptable, um, supple. Agile. Yes, a very agile toy. So it's a symbol of someone who is incredibly agile and flexible, but also, but also it's a bit of a metaphor. So again, Stretch Armstrong can stretch and he's malleable. But if you take the pressure off, he goes back to his old shape. That often happens in companies. They apply Agile, they take the heat off, and then, watch, when you stop applying heat, he goes back to the old shape. But here's the real reason I got him. Don't you think Stretch Armstrong looks a bit like Jack? Do you Look at that. Look at the two of them. Look at the two of them. Put them together. Put them together. Put him there. Put them and then put Jeff next to his head. See, look, look. See, same thing. Mm. I used to have hair Jeff. that colour. Jeff Watts <laughs> and Stretch Armstrong. There we go. There we go. We've got Stretch Armstrong here. Hello, Jeff. I'm Stretch Armstrong. That's for you, Jeff, there. You Maybe your, um, your latest child will enjoy that at some point. You can still buy Flexible and uh, agile. And Paul is a great transformer, a lead transformer. There we go. That's my gifts from me to them. How cool is that? Likes in the comments, please. Rock on. So, thank you so much. Thank you so Merry much. Christmas, well done, well done. And, and But now comes Jeff's presence. Right. Ooh. Right. We're expecting great things. So, great things. Paul gets two, Nigel gets one. Isn't that always the way? Isn't that always but the way? Nigel's cost more. Ooh. Nice. Let's have a look. So, however you want to do it. Oh, got, hang on, I've got, I got the tiny one. <laughs> That's what I thought I was going to get the big one. No. Oh. Okay. Thanks, mate. Love you guys. Thank you, Jeff. Very no good. Respect, respect. Foil wrapping paper. Foil. Foil. Did you wrap this? Or yes, I wrapped it. Because the wrapping cord is quite very good. good. Very well done. Just a good so wrapper, by the way. My, my rule is only ever buy things that are in an oblong or square shape. It's so a good, easy, they're good boxes too. Easier to. Okay, then, yeah. Is there any order? Just, open? No. Why did you do one? I do one, then you do one. Okay, mate. Right. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> No rush for This is Bullies quiz book. Oh. Including a dartboard, three darts, and a 48 page quiz book. And you just mentioned Dart Club before we came online. Before Flight we came Club. on air. Flight Club. Yeah. Where we went Thank a couple you, of years ago for Christmas. Super. Super smashing. smashing great. Super smashing great. Can't beat, can't beat a better boy. Can you win a speedboat though? That's the oh, question. Right, Can you win a speedboat? And I'll give it for my present. Yes. Oh, let's see what's inside. <laughs> I have a pile mate. Find your keys, your phone, and your everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Okay. What are they trying to say? Yeah. What are they trying to say? Do I lose my keys a lot? You um, lose shit. I lose shit? Yes, I do. I lose. I lose. I mean, how many MacBook charges you got through this year? Oh, loads. <laughs> uh, not this year, but I've got through MacBook charges quite a lot. Um, also, phone chargers. I lost my um, my earphones. I've got the earpods. Mm -hmm. I'm on my fourth set of earpods. Fourth. Yeah. They're not cheap. So, so you stick that on it. Yeah. And you know I, where it is. You won't, find, you won't lose it. Fantastic. That looks amazing. Thank you, Jeff. I'm going to use that on my keys forthwith. So it's technological and useful. And useful. The best type of agile. And now the last one. The last one. Is it a pair of shoes? It's not a pair of shoes. I don't think he sneaks a look as it's coming. Nice. Everybody has their own way of opening presents. I like to look, I look as I go. <laughs>
Does that come out backwards? It's a micro drum kit. I'm a, yeah. So I, what? I'm not going to explain it. You explain it. Well, what do we not explain it? You it's, the drums Why have I brought you? So, because um, I do like playing the drums, and a lot when when music comes on the, on the radio and on the on the uh, stereo, I do tap the table a lot. Uh, Jeff's noticed this. Well, you do, you do a lot of this. I do a lot of this. I, um, so I can, now, I can, now I don't need an edge. And the amount of fun that you had. With a set of drum kit. Yeah, on the, the video, I saw you in the video. We got, we, we got the drum kit set up just for that. Good stuff. Right, bring out my inner Phil Collins. Yeah. Yeah. So there. Thank you, mate. Merry Christmas. I'm going to have some fun with that. Thank you, buddy. Sorry. I'm really nice. Thank you very much. Oh, what lovely we'll gifts we've got. What lovely gifts. Love, love Christmas. Love Christmas. So, uh, it. <laughs> well, it's not it, is it? Because Christmas is also a time for looking back. Yeah. Reflection. So, well, if you look back on the year, mm-hmm. what would you, what would you pull out as a sort of agile highlight, agile memory? And agile, it's a bit interesting, isn't it? Because yeah. it's very easy once you've been doing it a long time to lose sight of. The way you where you've come from, and it's also when you start town. I remember going to gatherings, and it would, everything would just be truth bombs. Every session would be, oh my god, that's amazing. I never thought, oh my god, oh my god. And these days, for me, it's a little bit more evolutionary. But I'll tell you what, I've been quite liking. I don't know enough about it, but I've been dipping my toe in the water of the Wardley mapping stuff, which I've been finding quite interesting. It's become a big thing overnight, even though it's been around for a long time. I've been quite enjoying that as a concept and playing with it a little bit. So I think something like that has been my 2018 highlight so far, okay. I think. Cool. Mr. G? Um, I'm trying to think then. Probably, I've done a, I feel like I've, I've given a lot in terms of volunteer work this year. Well, you put a lot of effort into the gathering, didn't you? Yeah, I put, and that took a lot, probably more of my time than I thought, and I ever thought I, um, it would. Um, some people just gave up really early. Um, but a lot of us stuck at it, and um, it, it was. <laughs> it was um, no, it was some quit and some don't. Yeah, uh, but um, it took. A, I think I gave a lot back in terms of the, in terms of time this year and and effort this year. So, but that, it, and I know it was hard. It was hard work at the time, but I I kind of feel it was a, it was rewarding for me personally that. It's, we got there. It's interesting because the gathering, you did make a lot of changes to the gathering, didn't you? It was a, different to gatherings I've been at before. Yeah, yeah. That was quite cool. We tried it's to it's break gonna, the mould a bit, yeah. yeah. It's going to be interesting to see if the gathering, because they've done this, is the gathering going to do that? It's going to be yeah. interesting to see mm. whether they'll take that on and build on that or not. But I think you did a good mm. job. I was, I was quite I was, we, By the time it finished, it was a sense of achievement and pride, and it was exhausting. Say, Helen, missed it. Missed it. Missed it. Say, it again, say it again, Helen. Helen, missed it. But Paul will continue his speech, but said it was. Um, I had my. I, I, this is the first. I had proper wobbles at some point, like like you know, emotional wobbles at some point because it was that stress. My shoulder that, was that, wet. That that tire. I was tired and and uh, emotional, but it was. It was probably worth it in the long run, and um, time time for. Do you think it's moved agile forward? Do you think it's moved scrum forward? Difficult to say. It's like nice says whether it goes if those gatherings go back. But I'd like to think. I'd like to think a lot of the feedback we we got was that it was nice to hear some alternative perspectives and some the keynotes were the best part of it. And, and that was 
It was the best. Con- Thank you, Helen. It was. I, th- I think it was the best conference for a long time. Um, I enjoyed it, and, and I've, I've been to a lot of them. And <laughs> if, if nothing else, we, I was proud to put my name on that um, as someone who organised it. Um, so that was that was. It was worth it from that perspective. It didn't seem like it about two weeks before, but it was worth it two weeks afterwards. Yeah, so it, was, it was good. That was my kind of. Volunteer. I, I felt I gave more as a volunteer as I had done in previous years last year. What about you, Jeff? It's been a busy year for me. Mm-hmm. A very busy year for you, personally. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Ter- so, uh, see, I want to change my mind now. <laughs> I was going to say something about the gathering. But now, now I don't really want to give you too much credit. But... <laughs> But it was good. Story of my life. Yeah. And, and that was, no, the thing I liked about it was I was really, really, really impressed with uh, Tim Harford. Mm. And I think he's been saying a lot of things for a long time that have underpinned the theory in a practical sense, if that makes sense, of, of Agile. But he never really probably knew no, that. No, he's, he not, he's not talking about Scrum no. about Agile at all. And, and we didn't get in there because of that. Uh, you didn't get in there because of nothing to do with me. Um, Careful. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, but no, I think that sort of message makes a, like, a lot of like people liked the fact that most of the keynotes were nothing to do with agile, but were everything to do with agile. Yeah, yeah. I thought it broadened people's horizons away from their neighbours. Yeah, and I thought that was a really good, good thing. Um, I mean, if that's one thing I take away as something that people remember, then I'd be, I think I've done a good job. And I find it interesting, the fact that you, know, you put a lot of effort into that, moving the Scrum Alliance into that direction. And yet I got an email yesterday from the Agile Alliance talking about a really going ultra-technical. Really? Yeah, they are. But, that was just one, but that's one stream, isn't it, I think, at the gathering of the Agile. Sure. They've separated them out, haven't yeah. they? The Agile, alliance, the Agile technical yeah, gathering. Yeah, they, they want to get a really technical stream in there. Yeah. I think it's, it's horses, of course, I think having all the options available is good. But it's just for me, it's interesting when you said about nothing about Agile but all to do with Agile. That made me have the sudden realisation that I've seen a few keynotes at these Agile conferences that were, that were all Agile but had nothing to do with Agile. You know, all Agile terminology, jargon, everything, but literally yeah, the op- there was the no spirit or soul of agility there. And I think that's quite interesting. Yeah. So, so just go back to the personal, so from a personal, you, you've achieved quite a lot personally this year. Well, no, I I achieved is a strong word, but I've done a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I've, I've even had emails from people saying, well, you've had a busy year. Mm. Oh, yeah, actually, you have. I have had a busy year. But, um, even though Helen would disagree with that, he has yeah. had a busy oh, year. He has had a busy year. Helen, he's had a busy year. <laughs> busy year doing nothing, Helen. Mm. A busy year. But, uh, yeah, TV show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Was that, that's YouTube this year, was channel. it? The Scrum Master Challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, so much has happened this year, hasn't it? Yeah. That was this year. Was that early this year? Was no, that it started sort of February, March. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, new courses, new clients. Yeah. A lot of new. New was the word for yeah. you this year. New. Competitions, yeah. cards, yeah. apps. It's like spent a lot of time at the start of the year doing Advanced Scrum Master, getting that launch. Yeah, yeah, it's telling. Yeah, yeah. And that, that took a lot of effort and a lot of time. You realise Helen's watching YouTube while she's supposed to be at work. <laughs> yeah. Someone out there is paying for Helen to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's point this out. They thought that. Yeah, they thought, yeah. They like that. 
Um, but yeah, so for me, yeah, so that event, that, that investment, I've been doing videos this year as well. I would just have really long, weird videos on YouTube. Really loud videos. Very loud. <laughs> and they're complaining because I, I don't quite get the volume levels right. And so I'm sort of talking nicely and also it feels like, and then, don't I do this? Don't listen. Hello! Don't <laughs> listen to them while you're driving your car. Well, you should. They're video. They're video podcasts. Yeah, um, not watching them, just listen to them. Well, watch they're better. But um, yeah, so I've been putting those out this year and that's been something that's been actually entertaining by a hell of a lot of work. So I'm hopefully be finishing them up in the new year, those for a while. Yeah. So that's been good. But it's been cool. Now I like you and you oh, too. thank you. Um, now I like so, you. Yeah, so in, in general, uh, for me, you forget. Like, I've moved house this year. Have you? I've forgotten that completely. Really so good invite. Yes, you did. Yeah, we did. Because you came naughtily. Let's not do that publicly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I moved house this year and everything, so it's been quite a lot on for me personally, as well as work-wise. Hmm. And just to wrap up the year, my daughter lost her first tooth this morning. Hey. So her well, teeth have uh, come out. So it was oh, quite interesting. Uh, no, Darcy, Darcy, the oldest Cheers, one. Thank you, thank you. Darcy, Darcy's Cheers got a... Cheers to Darcy. There we go. One tooth, yeah, Darcy Baker out there with one tooth um, missing, which she's quite happy about. So it's funny how but that, for her, is her entire universe. So um, yeah. all this Brexit stuff and everything, and yet for her, the most important thing in the universe is her tooth's come out. So it puts it all in perspective, really, for Christmas. Any New Year's resolutions? Lose weight. <laughs> That's a bit harsh. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've lost loads of weight and then put it all back on, so I've got to take it off again. Well, and I'll I, do that um, after Christmas. <laughs> my daughter gave me a cuddle yesterday and says, you're really skinny. I don't think I'm skinny. You're delusional. Think I, I think She's I'm delusional. You're skinnier than we've known you forever. No, no, no I don't think you're no. as skinny as you were. No, I'm, I'm a stone heavier yeah. than my... Like the photo, your photo on... Right, in the yeah. back of my book. Yeah. No, no, your photo, your recent, your social media, your YouTube photo, yeah. you are lighter than you are now. So what he's telling Jeff is Jeff put weight on. Mm. You've nice. put on a bit since For then. Christmas. I don't know, that's true, actually. Really? Well, it's just a good, I've been good camera angle. for over a year. Tony, whilst they go on about flirting about their weight... Continuing these resolutions. Yes. So you're going to lose weight. Yes, I am. That's, that's point. See me in Washington. I'm going to Washington. Agile 2019, and I've lost weight. You're going? Have you submitted? Yeah. Uh, soon. <laughs> By the way, if you've got any ideas for topics, give me a shout. I've spoken about everything over the years, but I don't know what people are interested in at the moment. So tell me, tell me, and I'll put something on it. I don't know. I'm not going to speak about things I don't know about. So, what's your New Year's resolution, Jeff? So, I don't, I don't really make them, but I do, I do have some goals. And one of my goals is because my family life is changing. Yeah, oh yes. Big start. Big start. Big time. Going back to being a, a little person daddy. Um, I need to. Uh, and I want to. And you want to. I didn't know. So I need to, and I want to, scale back the amount of time that I'm working. Mm-hmm. Away from home. Well, not just that, but at home as well. Okay. So I work from home as well as working away. And I want to be able to switch off more. Yeah. So people email me and I get back to them relatively quickly. And I yeah. need to slow that down. I need to slow that down a bit because yeah. So that, I need to just take a, take a little bit of a step back and realise that you know, things things aren't going to go to shit if I don't reply quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You do, and even texting and stuff you, about work, 
right, you're so working on the weekends. I can see that because you're texting me about work stuff on the weekends as well. That's got to stop. Yeah, well, I have a you know I have an obligation. I feel obligation, and it's important. It moves things forward. It makes things happen quickly. But it does set a precedent that you're, yeah. you're going yeah. to do it again. So I, I, that's something I'm, I'm, I'm looking to do. As well as the other things I'm going to do, I've got different things, a new Cal course and CSP course and stuff like that. But it, from a personal level, yeah. Yeah. bring that back. Slow it down a bit. Yeah. Good for you, mate. And yourself? Me? Um, I don't, you know what? I don't really know yet. Is that wrong? I, don't really, I haven't really made any New Year's resolutions yet. You've got another couple of weeks yet, so yeah. it's okay. I don't know what I'd like what to, to achieve next year. Is probably do something more for me personally than for other people. <laughs> so, it's okay. Yeah. You can look after yourself, can Well, yeah, just just to try and again push my own my own agenda a bit more. Don't what is your agenda? I don't know. Find an agenda and push known. it. Yeah, but um, yeah, just to work on. I've got a couple of ideas to, to do personally. Biggest regret in 2018. We'll do that. One thing I want to say, though, one thing I saw that's really good is Agile 2019 is going to have a self-care track. Is it? So the idea of uh, self-care, basically. Mental, I think a lot of mental health. Yeah, mental health, physical yeah. health. Yeah. I think a lot think of coaches burden themselves up on the way. Well, not just coaches, well. any, anyone. Yeah. Anyone. And so getting that sort of sustainable pace back is, I think, important. So that would be kind of cool. Well, someone came up to me in a user group meeting this year and, and said, what's your kind of view on that? On that whole, yeah. Yeah. about... As an agile coach, is that yeah. something you should get involved with, and something you should try and not not advise on, but 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 be aware of? And I said, yeah. absolutely, you've got to be aware of it. That it's, yeah. it's actually it's a real issue yeah. these days. I don't, many, yeah. I don't think I'm qualified yeah. to deal yeah. with it, no. but it's you've got to be aware that it's it's quite know where yeah. your boundary yeah. is and where it stops. Well, I, I I mocked it in that devil presentation I did, did about how you know a lot of agile coaches. Um, talk about sustainable pace, yeah, eat too much like me, drink yeah. too much, stay up too late and yeah. burn the candle at both ends. True. And they present just an image that isn't sustainable. Yeah. And that's what people pick that's up. They, people don't, they don't hear the principle, they just see the um, work hard, work hard, work hard, hardest working man in agile type James Brown type approach. And um, I think we've got to get on top of that a little bit as well. Yeah. But it's hard when you get paid per day. Yeah. yeah, so I can understand the issues for a lot of people, but I think that's why I like to do Agile 2019 to do that track. You've never, you've never been, have you? Never been to Agile? No, my secret shame that's now just been outed on this podcast because I've never done the Agile conference. I've done all the others, but never Agile. Surely so. you're a shoe in for a presentation, a, a submission. Well, we'll see if any of the th three people watching are submitters or <laughs> pres presentation track viewers, however, um, owners, chairs. Yeah, I need that. I don't know what to present on. I I've got loads of things I could talk about, but I've got nothing burning in my heart at the moment, so I don't know what I would oh. put in. So I've got to have a think about that. Be you. Yeah. Oh, I, but then. The, the, yes. Your story. Actually, yeah. what yeah. you believe. Yeah. Nigel's approach to agile. It's just finding a track for it. But, um, no, let the track find you. I think yeah. I don't think. Don't worry too much about the track. That's yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I can just get it in there and see what happens. Regrets? Could be interesting. Regrets. Regrets. I've had regrets, a few, but then again, too few to mention. Sorry, Frank. Thanks. You got it. He didn't. Um, I was just processing the lyrics. What's your regrets, Paul? My regrets. Rakia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I don't have many regrets. I don't think. Um, I think regrets. 
working too much maybe sometimes mm-hmm. not spending too much it's when when you get letters from your kids I put a letter on Twitter this was a couple of months ago that my daughter basically said daddy you work too much my only wish like my only wish she, she knows what she's doing but my only wish is that you spend more time at home and you didn't have to work I was like oh. ouch so sometimes ouch my biggest regret is probably yeah, I'll, I'll trade that for good behaviour <laughs> yeah yeah but going back to my office when I probably could have just you know yeah. Closed off for the evening and carrying on yeah. emailing, carry on doing stuff. That's my biggest regret. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I mean, we're, we are very lucky, but sometimes, sometimes I take the work too far and I do too much from a time perspective. That's my yeah. biggest regret. It's not, it's not, and especially at Christmas when you realise, crikey, my kids are nine and seven, and this potentially could be, you know, one yeah. of the last magical Christmases that we have. Yeah. Still time, mate. I know. Well, <laughs> I'm proof. How are you, Biggest regrets? Biggest regrets? I don't Apart know. Apart missing no. out on the single. I, mi- I, I do genuinely regret missing the signal. S- si- signal? Yeah. S- single. Um, I, yeah. Nigel, we wrote that Jiro line for Just Nigel. Just yeah. Of course they did. Jeff would never normally sing that himself. He'll get me to I sing it. I didn't swear. Um, didn't swear. Um, so I would like to have been there for that I feel I've missed out on a few things just again because of work mm. but um, also I've just been uh, regrets I don't know I'm not, I not. don't really regret my year too much there's nothing much I can't think of anything like work wise or no. personal wise I regret this year I think it's bumbled along pretty nicely for me um, the, what, if I could do i I would like the advanced scrum thing to be a bit better for me. Mm. It's quite hard to get people to be interested in that and sign up for that. Mm. And the reason I regret that is not because I want to sell it, because it's a pain, but um, I just find it very interesting. Mm. Pushing on the more advanced, more getting real scrum master and really exciting, cool things. Yeah. And I wish I just had a little bit more opportunity to do that. So maybe the, the shape of the work that comes in will be interesting. In that more advanced space, but that's really otherwise it's been quite a good year, actually. Thank you, Jeff. Um, one of my uh, philosophies might be too strong a word, but one of my views is that don't regret what you have done, only regret what you haven't done. And I think this year is a pretty good example of me not really not doing much. All right. I basically said yes to a lot of things, yeah. so I don't regret any of them. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I, I yeah. don't regret anything that I've done. Have I? Have I not done something that I wish I had? Well, but let's let's the elephant room, the, the gathering. You did. You were part of the gathering, and you decided not to do it. Was that something you regret, or that you think that was the right decision? No. So that was a conscious choice. So I actually did something. I was I was active in stepping away from it, and mm. I'm and I'm still happy that I did. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm happy that I signed up for it. I'm happy the way. That I did what I did, mm-hmm. and I'm happy that I didn't. I wasn't there at the end, mm-hmm. in a way. I, 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 yeah, no, oh, I am. Okay. I don't regret it. I think it needed to be done. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't something at the end that you thought. I wish I was a part of that. You think what you, the impact that you had, was 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 deserved and, and was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, no. I, to be honest, I, I probably thought I would have done. Mm. But, but no, 
Oh, I was quite happy with that. Yeah, I think that's something that's happened, that's happened with age, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't really feel sort of... I missed anything. Mm. I still have fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Still got something from it. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Proud of you. Thanks, mate. Right. Right. Glass is empty. Mine's not. Mine's not. Well, there's your standard. <laughs> standard thing. Are we Are done we, for this live cast then? joining us. So, um, we'll just, can I do a shout out yeah, to the pub? So, um, as part of this live edition, we will, the, our day doesn't stop here, so we, we carry on now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and um, we're going to carry on to a different pub, no doubt. And um, there will be more recordings. And we generally, I have about a week's worth of work just to edit this and put it down into an editable, uh, palatable, digestible format that will appear on the Agile podcast. And that will be going out probably early next week depending on the, long, the, the amount of time I spend editing it. So there we are. Um, that's the, so that's coming up. So keep tuned for that. Subscribe to the Agile Podcast and you you'll hear that next week. You can't actually see my, my bruise, can you? Yeah, oh, this is the best thing ever. We've not mentioned Jeff's amazing a, story. So on the way here from the train station this morning, Jeff said, um, well, I won't steal the punchline, but Jeff said, have you noticed the lump on my forehead? And we, we said, both said no. no. Over no, to you, no. Jeff. Yeah. Can you see i got a lump on my head? No. No. You can't, no. Nobody can. Tell the story. Well, that's good. I've actually got a big sort of... Well, it's not maybe not that big, but I've got a big lump on my head here. Yeah. Well, I got head-butted by a dog yesterday. <laughs> you I have to now explain how well, I don't, and I don't why. know what kind of dog it is. I'm not an expert. Well, surely a large dog. Oh, yeah, it was a big dog. Big dog. Um, it was somewhere... It was bigger than an Alsatian, not big as a Great Dane. Okay, something so in between the sort two. sort of a ten. Yeah, ten, yeah, well, yeah. Um... <laughs> And it was, it was, so it was, it was, it was at my house, and it was, so I'm having some building work done at my house, and the builder had brought the dog. Yeah. And I love dogs. What to do some plastering. <laughs> I love dogs, but I'm not allowed to have one, so whenever there's a dog around, I'll play with it. So yeah. I've managed to find a tennis ball, I've thrown the tennis ball, and the dog, oh yeah, really excited, went off and got the tennis ball, brought it back to me, but didn't want to drop it. It did want to drop it, yeah. but it also, at the same time, didn't yeah. want to drop yeah. it. And it really couldn't really work out what was going on. It was upset with itself because in, in its head, it thought, I want to run and get this ball again, but I don't want to go with this ball. Yeah. And it was growling at itself and it was like really quite frustrated. So I was trying to get the ball, and it, I got the ball out of its mouth and threw it again eventually. Came back, went through the whole process again. And um, at one point, I went to get the ball out of its mouth and it yeah. reared up like a horse yeah. Yeah. and just bony skull whacked me on the eyebrow. And almost knocked me out. It was quite. I mean, that, it, its head is just bone. It is yeah. quite, and it's quite a big dog. And I was, wow, that dazed me. And I've got a big bruise on my head now. So, in general, the story was not <laughs> as interesting as the result. I told but you it was that. quite good. I told you that. By the but way, dog head butted me. Uh, that's a good way to finish this up. Except to mention that I also have videos on YouTube if you want to fancy watching them. <laughs> Just um, don't listen to them while you're driving the car. Yeah, no, they listen to their loud. video podcast, their video podcast. But find them on, on my channel, which I'm sure you can find somehow, some way. Welcome back. Christmas special different, part two. Different pub. Same Where people, are, different pub. Where are we now, Nice. This is your neck King of the woods. William. King William something or other. <laughs> um, King William. How many Williams have there been? King Williams. Two. 
I'm going to say two. You're just saying, just pulling two at the end. If I was a quiz answer, I'd go two. I'm pretty sure there hasn't been a third King William, so... Okay. Okay. William, William the Conqueror. 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 <laughs> William the Conqueror. He's <laughs> came along. Varnished. Very he was powerful. a 21er. Yeah, 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 yeah. Varnished. Yeah. Varnished. In the microwave. Soaked in vinegar. No one could take him down. Um, yeah, King William the something. William the Conqueror. And uh, this William, guy. William this guy. the second. Well, William of Orange, but he wasn't a king, was he? He was the consort for the queen. So anyway, it's a very, very, very traditional pub with its own brands of drink. Low ceilings. Well, it's a Samuel Smith pub, so yeah. they had their own own yeah. drinks and their own drinks only. But they're kind of the old-fashioned little shorts. we got one of these in Cheltenham, Samuel Smith. Yeah. Um, it's all very traditional. You've got the same traditional brands and all that. It's all very 80s, the brands. If any of you, if you want to, uh, listeners have watched Coronation Street in the 1980s, that's got that kind of feel to this pub right now. But what's the best bit about it? Isn't the um, non-descript, non-branded drinks, <laughs> or the traditional roof, yeah. or even the wood panelling, it's the fact that we are in a booth. A wonderful little booth. The type of which you don't tend to see in pubs much anymore. No, so you get them in restaurants occasionally, but they wouldn't have... This is a bu- ceiling. No, this has got a, like a lovely, um, old-fashioned, proper, solid wood, uh, raised yeah. back and sides, isn't it? It's, yeah. We're with home it window. A bit churchy. Yeah, very churchy. Almost a little bit like an old train carriage. That's yes. Beautiful. Where you would sort of shut the doors yeah. and get your own little carriage space. Yeah. yeah. Which is delightful as well. Because you've got, you've, got you've got the old, you got the whole ambiance mm-hmm. of the pub, but you've still got a little bit more of a soundproofing individual area. Which hopefully will yeah. be reflected in the in the sound quality for the yeah, listener. Yeah, yeah, we hope so. But it's, it's it does give you a sense. I don't know what it is. And me and I both said this when we when we sat in here. I like a, I like a booth. I like a, a yeah. sense of privacy, privacy yeah. security. I don't know what it is. It's just something. But like, you're not isolated. No, no. We we are literally six feet yeah. from the bar. Yeah. So well, it's a pretty good part of the bar. Yeah. Well. Makes a pretty good metaphor. Uh, agile space as well. I, got, I remember years ago being asked about if we were to, so the company's moving building, and saying we've got the opportunity to redesign our workspace, what's the, what's the optimum for an agile floor? You, know? yeah. you don't want the whole Dilbert cubicle. But, but you do need you need space like this to break out and have private conversations. Yeah. Maybe. Or even just working on a day to day basis. Yeah. This is this is great for if I wanted to get something done, I could get something done in here whilst still hearing I can't make out anything that's been said out there, but no. I hear the noise. No. And if somebody said my name I'd hear it. Yeah. But it's still able to get something done. And we could collaborate yeah. on something relatively yeah. quickly and quietly while bringing people in if we need to and we can see people walking past I think it's a good combination you can see this I've seen this type of space almost completely sealed again at the ceiling as well kind of that whole cubicle in a lot of co-working space as well now so you know kind of these hubs where Entrepreneurs, or what you know, kind of self-employed people, can go and, f- and basically on a membership basis have their own. Can go and find yeah. a desk in Bristol, Bath, Cardiff, 
this is again, but you can, you can basically hire a, a small meeting, a pod, a yeah, pod, pod space. But yeah. I would like to work in a pod like this with my whole team. And we love to have a little team pod. You know, quite cosy in here. Well, we, this is about a four-person <laughs> pod at best. But imagine that twice the size, but not, that's not that much bigger. I think, I think this, this is a two-person two pod. I think this is two-person. Well, I mean, technically it is four-person, but it's just cosy. Four for a beer, two for software development. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I would still think I would like a pod space. I'm not no, a big fan of open plan. You'd have two yeah. people paired yeah. here. It wouldn't yeah. work. Yeah. Well, I'm not um, a huge fan of open plan offices, I think, sometimes. Having been sat on the corner seat a few times, it does feel very like everyone can look at your screen as they walk past. Mm. You know? And so I think. You don't want to be on Facebook at that point. So. Well, just like doing, looking at your shoulder what you're doing, you're having to think. It just, it's nice to have a bit of psychological safety, a bit of personal space. I think uh, I think um, there's a concept I think that isn't um, developed enough in organisations. It's a bit modern. It's a bit new. I don't know if you've heard of it. But it's called a room. You heard of this concept? The idea of a room where people sit together. I, I'm not sure. I think it's French or something. But, um, but yeah, I'm not sure. Something like that. But the idea of like you sit together as a team, yet you keep outside noise like the call centre out of the room. And it just seems seems that it doesn't it seems like a great uh, controversial idea for many companies. Wherever they've cubicled everyone like battery hens, or they've piled them into an open open floor plan office like their um, call centre advisors. Yeah, I've seen some really really interesting spaces recently from kind of um, yeah software development houses that have taken on these kind of like old industrial buildings and whatever yeah. and then this one up in Newcastle where I did a user group talk they've got a lot of the, they've got basically a lot of meeting rooms like this yeah completely concealed um, four to five people meeting rooms mm-hmm. and then a, you know, it's quite common to see like a, a showcase area space, yeah. so tiered seating. Yeah. That's, that's come some kind of Roman, isn't it? The kind of the yeah, amphitheatre. Amphitheatre seating for presentations, yeah. for user group, community-based events. And then on the level above, so basically you went upstairs yeah. and that was the development area. Oh, nice. So everything was on top of the meeting room. Yeah. It's quite a nice little space. Yeah. Um, I, I worked with one place uh, not too long ago where they made the floor look a bit like a coffee house coffee shop okay like coffee shop tables this sort of not as good as booth as this we can all agree it's a great booth but a similar sort of idea uh, i thought it looked quite fun yeah i'm not sure quite what it's like to work here but it seems quite fun i think well, you need I to say where it works but the uh, the whole idea of a booth was was taken to another level for me at another place that i went to where they had sort of beach huts oh wow yeah. So they they'd actually made the moves yeah. look like different things. Um, well, really invested in the theme. Yeah, so the, the, the common area was like the beach. And yeah. We're in Bristol. There's a famous office in Bristol that we used to work in that yeah. now has a tree house yeah. and yeah. a metallic roller coaster slide. That's more it. of a gimmick, isn't it? Well, no one goes there. It's a huge gimmick, but um, but you can t- you can see how it's easy to take too far. Yeah. You know. I think you need a variety. I think the most important thing for me is variety of, of different spaces. If you want to invoke different levels of thinking and give people different modes to work in, I think different environments are always going to help. Yeah, Outside it's a lot space. more flexible now. I remember a long time ago, um, I don't even know whether they're still going anymore, but Rally, I think they got bought by somebody, didn't they? They made a big thing of their working space being very flexible because they could change the composition of the, the walls to create different size and shaped yeah. hubs within their office space. So the, 
and well, one of their yeah. constraints was the cables, so like yeah. power cables yeah. and wireless uh, internet connections. So they could get them along rollers, but you don't have as no. many of those constraints anymore, do you? No. So no. The, the configurations are even more. Okay. Flexible, yeah. Yeah, I don't know about Valley. They got bought by um, CA. They got bought by Broadcom. Okay. So, I, I, last time I saw um, on the internet, so Valley people can update us on this, um, there was a lot of um, redundancies from CA and Valley at the moment. So, I don't know if that's still going on or not. But it's, yeah, it's the idea of agile. But here's my thing about agile workspaces. I remember working for a large telephone company that we're all familiar with a long time ago, where agile meant working in leads. Well, that was our idea of agility of work, work. Agility of work was, hey, you are an atomic sociopath. You can put you anywhere we want in the country, which isn't really what we mean at all here. You know, it's about building safe spaces, collaborative spaces. I think officially that, that's your interpretation of their policy. I mean, officially. Well, I've not named any company, so it's completely fine. It could be any large telephone company that we've been involved in. So, uh, Brexit Telecom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't joke about that. Um, but <laughs> don't, but mention, I, yeah, don't mention the Brexit. Um, but yeah, for me, I think that psychological safety aspect of a workspace needs to be taken into account. It doesn't have to just be physically careful or comfortable. It has to be make you feel like you can explore and invent and discover and share. I think so apart from the physical environment, what else creates psychological safety? Control of your environment. So, so not so much what the environment is, but do I have influence over it? I remember hot desking went big ten years ago. And I, Again, make people feel very unpsychologically safe. They have no control over their workspace. Um, for me, also, it would be attendance of workspace. You know, so do I have the ability to leave my desk when I need to leave my desk? It sounds silly, but some call centres time the amount of time you're away from your desk, and I, I don't want that sleeping into our type of work. So for me, it'd be those other aspects like that. What do you think? I think um, I remember it, when you said that it made me think about Nokia and the, the lengths that I had to we had to go through to justify a, an office move. Yeah. So to actually get our product owner to sit with our team yeah. was it was well the, number, the amount of red tape you had to go through from a a, a kind of office management point of view to get a chair moved to get a desk space yeah. created but it's just easier to say to give me a laptop and go and sit there yeah um, well, I think it does play a part of being able to, to change it when you want to change it what's the, what's something else that's gone facilities disable rather than enable yeah. sounds mad doesn't it I remember you saying about glass walls yeah you had a big thing about glass walls, and that was a big thing where we were a lot when we moved into that new building. A lot of the meeting rooms were all glass, yeah. And so people walking along could see what was going on, and because a lot of our output was very physical, yeah, it was post-its on wall or, yeah. or writing on whiteboards. People could see in it, and so that if, if I'm in that room and I know that anybody walking past can see what I'm putting on the wall, I don't feel as safe. Yeah. To participate. Yeah, it's also yeah. about the even. So there was a a room in again. I'm talking about Nokia now. So there was just the where that where people sat. So there was a row of desks that were largely known as the management desks, right? So people of higher um, hierarchical standing sat at those desks yeah. generally, head of departments that type of thing. And there was a meeting room directly behind them. Yeah. It was then just assumed that that would be management meeting, and it was almost always booked out. You could never book it. Yeah. 
Um, and if you were, but if people could see you in that room, they think either you've done something really wrong, or you're talking about something really, really important. So again, even subconsciously, yeah. without yeah. that was even wasn't even written down anywhere. Yeah. It was just that people saw you in that room. Ooh. And even the burn downs that you wouldn't, what, they were next to that room, would always look right. There were teams that were yeah. generally, you don't want to be too close to that room because people would see out of it, but as well as people would see into it. So. We used to have a lot of meeting rooms in the server room, didn't we? Yeah, in Bristol, yeah. in Rivergate. But meetings, not meeting rooms, meeting Conference rooms, yeah, yeah. We used to run calls from there, yeah, yeah. all sorts. Very warm. Oh. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's a story that I'm not going to tell on this podcast. But um, safe, psychological, psychological, say it, psychological safety is also not governed by just the um, environment, but also the people around you. So, yeah. um, the people you work with, the relationship you have with them, Do you have trust them the safety, the, the, the honesty, and the safety, mm. the authenticity of the people that you feel you yeah. work with. What do you do if you're working in a team where you don't trust everyone? Big question. I'll try and find out why there's a lack of trust. I think not. Not obviously. I'll try and sniff. I think you just be very guarded as to what you did, what you did, and how you did it. If you're in a team of six, yeah. and just one of them, you don't trust. I've got evidence not to trust them. Oh, well, if there's evidence, then I may not want them on the team. If you can't trust your colleagues on the team, if someone's let you down in a way that is not like, oh, I've not done the right work, but something like a personal trust issue, I think that would be a breaker for me on a, on a team. But I just want to make sure it's not me. <laughs> you know, we all think we're the hero, but you know, I want to make sure it's not me being the villain about the experience. I'm not villainizing the person, but definitely, I'll, that for me would be a... I think there's a difference between lacking trust of an experience and a breaking of trust. So a lot of teams lack trust because they're new, and that's okay. We're going to get we'll get to know each other better. But if someone lets you down, active distrust. Yeah, active distrust. They do something that causes you to now lose trust in them. What? So like you ask them to do something and they don't do it, or, or I was thinking more that um, like on a moral or integrity yeah. issue, okay. they let you down on something, or they betray you on something. Mm. I think that would for, for me be a huge, mm. huge killer. You know, I think well, I'm, I'm. Um, I'm done with you, sort of thing. I've certainly seen certain teams that have turned on that one member. Yeah. When there's enough, enough of a to Christ what degree that they just exclude them? <clears throat> Is that turning on them? Well, there's a social animal. There's, I would say, yes. there's alienation. There's, there's basically yeah. trying to eliminate them from team decisions and. And uh, it's kind of a passive aggressive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So treating them differently when they're not there, and and, and gossiping when they're not there yeah. about that person. I've seen people sent to Coventry, as they used to say in the old days. It is a phrase. What's, what's the translation of that? Not speak to someone, but you send them to Coventry. Talk to the hands. Yeah. yeah it's basically it's where you you, you just don't talk to them. Yeah. So put them in purgatory. No one talks to them. They're they're isolated. Where did the phrase sent to Coventry come from then? I don't know. It's a terrible place. Terrible it? place. It's an awful, terrible For the tape, team. I was born in Coventry. <laughs> <laughs> for the tape, he no longer lives in Coventry. Um, uh, for the tape, this is not a tape. <laughs> We're not in the 80s. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. I don't know why, but I've seen people do that. That sort of you know, deliberate isolation. That's very difficult for people, especially if undeserved. 
you know, I think that's the trouble of human relationships is there's not a clear right or wrong. Yeah. It's actually more. But sometimes as a scrum master, I, I remember being in that situation at Nokia, um, and I was the scrum master that had to yeah. deal with that that team yeah. divide. Um, Share it with class. So we just got our first comment on our YouTube live stream podcast. It's from my son. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it says, "Can I have Nigel Shooter thing, please?" <laughs> <laughs> it looks good. Maybe after Christmas, Cody. Maybe after Christmas. So you want to trade presents with Jeff? No. no well, yeah, I remember being the scrum master that had to deal with that. Almost the team asking for that person to be removed. Okay, so in that situation, maybe that's not exactly what I wanted actually. But so I was asked recently a question at the start of the course, right at the start, which I thought was an odd question to ask at the start. But what do you? How do you rebuild trust? So there's an assumption there. The it's not just nothing. The trust has been broken down. It has been, so you're at it negative. was there. It was there, yeah. but then it was lost. Yeah. Um, so that sounds like that trust has been broken, but not necessarily with you. Somebody else has had yeah. that trust yeah. broken. How do you deal with it? Maybe there's two different questions then. So start with let's start with somebody has broken your trust. Yeah. What would it take for you to trust them again? Yeah. I think it's an effort on both sides, isn't it? It's not, it's not, I don't like to think of the situation that it's all on that person. No. That it's all your fault, so you've got to prove to me. Because then that's, that creates an adversarial relationship yeah. itself. So, okay, so that's, that's happened. How can we both try? I, there's things so that I can do. There's things that you can do. How do you find that common ground? And say they're the one that's broken your trust. Why do you have to do anything? You haven't done anything wrong. So why do you have to break the that? But that's the idea. But the idea is you have to um, uh, prime the pump, don't you? In that you have to sort of sometimes give a little to get a lot. So you try and create sort of a mutual experience. Even though you think I am the hero, they're the villain. You have to still give them a little bit and say, okay, let's reach out the hand of peace. Let's try and find some common ground with some common understanding because yeah you're right they could have done something wrong in inverted commas but if we reach out we make it easy for them to come to us and understand their error but more likely as you start reaching common understanding you realize there was flaws on both sides and it wasn't a case we were the hero completely but by but that sort of reaching out for that rapport i think that could be really important so is there is, am i reading into that then that there's an assumption that if somebody's broken your trust there either is or there might be a reason on your part that's made or contributed to them breaking that trust? They could be, they could Possibly. Be. So being open to that? Yeah. Okay. And then, so when you say mutually working together, then what would that involve? Well, I think we're just trying to explain our own opinions, our own points of view, try and understand from this is how I feel, this is why I feel how I feel, okay. this is what I've seen, and get them to tell their own story from their side as well. And once you start doing that, you're both telling your stories, you're both sharing your experiences, sharing your understanding, then maybe we can find some common ground in between the two. So there was some objective stuff in there and there was some subjective yeah. stuff in there. So. Yeah, so maybe you would MVC it, you know, non-violent communication, split, get it split out a little bit so we can just make sure we know clearly what's the feeling and what's the facts. Okay. Once you've got that in place, then we can start working on what's the most important bit. Okay. It could just be a case of feelings. You know, in fact, they're like, oh, there was no actual issue there. It's just by the by the dint of the experience, we accidentally set each other's feelings off in the wrong direction. 
So how can we come back and repair that? Or it could be something physical we could actually do, something tangible. From, without naming names and individuals, but from my um, Nokia experience in the past, if I was to try and pinpoint root cause a lot of this stuff, the main, the main thing was um, a lack of understanding from a human point of view about what that person was going through. Okay, Lack of a connection on a human level mm -hmm. which surfaced itself in a different way okay and when certainly when I got to know that person and if you can understand if I can understand what might how some of those values and, and um, inefficiencies or what, you know, dysfunctions what you want to call it but surface themselves then you can start to I can start to empathize Okay. I might not be able to. I might be able to condone it, but I might be able to understand it. Mm. And it was my job to help the team try and understand it. You got to try and to be neutral, I suppose. My first rule of teamwork is to assume positive intent. Yeah. Mm. Nice, nice, sub, no, no, nice assumption. Yeah. yeah. That nobody is deliberately trying to cause you pain. Yeah. No one's deliberately yeah. a dickhead. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah. You just did. Um, and so, if you're operating on that premise, then trying to empathise what might be going on for them that's causing them to create a situation that is not great for either of them, meets them where they are, or tries to meet them where they are, rather than from a, from a judgmental position. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. For me, I think I'd still want an apology. Yeah, if there was clear evidence, it was clear. I think, yeah, yeah, I think so, I would too. Did that, it's important that if that no, person knows how they've broken it yeah. and how they've, you'd have to explain that out, I think. And that's what Nigel, Nigel yeah. said, wasn't it? Yeah. It'd be able to explain the objective facts of what they saw, yeah. but also then own his personal interpretations and, and, and how that affected yeah. him, which he's every right to. So you can't debate the objective because it happened, yeah. but equally I couldn't object to Nigel's view of how he interpreted it because that is his interpretation and his, his impact on him. So there's that. And if we agree on that, then I hold my hands up. I mean, that was, in short, my answer <laughs> That's good. to that question in the class. That's a very brave question to ask. What is it a, a CSM class? Um, I think so, yeah. Right on day one. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. What uh, do you want from these in two a days? Public course, or was in it a public course? Wow. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big, that's a big, that's a big one. Better than badge. Yeah. <laughs> or you just need a badge. Yeah. Help me understand Scrum more. But I will say, this talk of um, controversy, of feelings, of upset, we should bring it back to something real for our listeners, which is Paul made us, or Paul and Jeff actually, have made us drink something. Paul, what are we drinking on this Christmas do today? This is rakia. What, what is rakia? It's a Serbian brandy. A Serbian brandy? Yeah. So we've been drinking this Serbian brandy, and I have to admit, it's made me upset. 
it's, it's, Why? No, it's very strong stuff. It's not very um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not uh, nice. I need to thank, this is, um, so I did some training in Serbia this year, and I need to um, give a shout out to Igor and uh, Yasmina and, and Helena, who basically, yeah. They gave you this. this. They, but they didn't give me this particular bottle, but they, they looked after me in Serbia, in Belgrade, and um, they introduced me to Rakia. So I, was, I thought if they had given you these bottles, I was going to ask for an apology. <laughs> but, um, but all joking aside, yeah, they're, yeah they're, it's very strong stuff. Uh, my flavour, I think, was something. Jeff seems to have flower flavour, and Paul has what flavour? Cherry. Cherry flavour. Because it's Christmas, and there's one left over, Nigel and I would like to pass this final box to you, Paul, and we'll, we'll and give you your passes. For a very Merry Christmas. Drink. Very good. Merry Christmas all. I wouldn't recommend it. Really, it's not, not nice. Honey. It's honey. Uh, honey, 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 honey. Yeah, yeah. So we'll sign off for now. Whether we'll be back, I'm not sure. Well, I trust you. <laughs>